Matthew 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, that was the payment, he sent them into his vineyard and he and he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, I will give you. So they went. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour and did likewise. And about the 11th hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, why have you been standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard and whatever is right, you will receive. So when evening had come, the owner of the vineyard said to his steward, call the laborers and give them their wages, beginning with the last to the first. And when those came who were hired about the 11th hour, they each received a denarius. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more. And they likewise each received a denarius. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowner. Say, these last men who have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden in the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me, lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? Or is your eye evil because I am good? So the last will be first and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we give you this entire room. We give you our hearts right here in this moment. I pray that you would come in and that you would just begin to break off the heart of the first workers, those first hour workers that you would break off every ounce of complaining within us, every ounce of bitterness, every ounce of offense, that we would just look at you and celebrate who you are as the landowner. Whether we're coming in in the first hour or whether we're coming in in the 11th hour, we praise you because you're good. And favor's not fair. You're not fair in the way the world says fairness should look. No, no, you're full of grace and mercy. Grace and mercy are not fair. And we praise you and we thank you for grace and mercy today. Whether we were in the first hour group or whether we're coming in in the 11th hour today, I pray that we would come in with arms wide open, ready to worship you and praise you for what, who you are. You're the generous landowner. And you've invited us in to be a part of what you're doing. And it's an honor and a privilege just to dwell within your house. I pray that would be our mindset and our hearts today. Everything that doesn't belong, we know that you're removing and breaking away. And now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and fill us as temples of your presence, that you would fill us, that we would feel the warmth and the heat of your fire dwelling within us. Father God, I pray for fresh revelation today to hit each and every person in here about who you are and what you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do. You are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Would you give him a hand? Would you give him a hand? You can sit wherever you're at. I don't care if you're here in the first hour or the 11th hour, he's got something for you. Isn't that good to know? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're showing up late to the party. He's still got something for you. In fact, he's got the same reward for you that he gave those who showed up in the first hour of work. But some of you, some of us, we're in that first hour group sometimes. Sometimes we, we just kind of look around and all we do is we just get a little bit, we, we let bitterness and offense take hold. And you may not even realize this, but sometimes your bitterness and offense, it's actually towards God. And you say, no, 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 I'm a very religious person. I would never be offended towards God. I would... It's okay to admit that you have bitterness and offense towards God. Because the only way to heal is if you can admit it, is if you can bring it into the light. If you can't admit it, if you can't bring it into the light, then you can't heal. He can't heal what you hide. He knows it's there. You think you're hiding something. It's just like Adam and Eve in the garden. They thought they were hiding but God, he couldn't bring healing until they would come out of hiding. He knew when he asked, where are you? He knew. It's like a dad and like a little three-year-old playing hide and seek. Like a three-year-old thinks he's got a great hiding spot. He doesn't. Like, you know, you're the dad. You can see, you know, his legs hanging out behind the couch. That, that's just it. But we just keep trying to hide from the only one who can heal us. We gotta let all bitterness and offense go. And that means for some of us, we have to admit that we have some bitterness and offense even towards the Lord. Even as we look back on 2023, we're not focused on the good. We're not focused on what he did do. We're not praising him for the amazing things that he did. No, 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 no. We're looking around and we're saying, they got a denarius? What about me? I deserve even more. I should have got this. I should have got this. I, I, I needed this. You didn't do any of this for me, Lord. Most of us, we're that first servant, if we're really honest with ourselves. We have to break that off of our hearts. And so for some of us, even now today, you have to realize, this sounds crazy to say. We do this. When we go, uh, if you ever do a deliverance session with us, one of the things we'll walk people through is forgiveness and bitterness. That's one of the very first things we do because that is one of the easiest, greatest ways the enemy gets a hold in our hearts and our minds. But if we can break that off, that breaks off so many other areas in our life. But one of the things we'll do is we'll begin to walk people through any area that they may have bitterness and forgiveness, any person, and we'll walk them through just forgiveness and repenting for holding that thing against that person. But this... You may not realize we do this for people towards their hurt, towards God. As we begin to explore and talk with them, we'll begin to see kind of things, patterns that are forming in their life. And we'll realize, oh, no, oh what, what's going on right here? You have bitterness and offense towards God. You're mad and angry towards God and you have to forgive God. Forgiveness, this is what, that sounds blasphemous to some people. We can't forgive God. The very first time I heard it, I was like, that's blasphemy. No, no, no. Guess what? Forgiveness isn't for him. Because guess what? He didn't do anything wrong. Forgiveness is for you. It's so you can heal. You need to let God off the hook for all those things you've been holding against him. You're just, we're just like that first servant. I keep saying you. It's we. It's, I'm in this, all right? I've done this. I do do this. And we hold this thing against God and we say, you haven't done this yet. You haven't shown up the way I wanted. You didn't do this miracle. You didn't say this. You didn't come through when I needed you. We're still struggling in this area. Where are you? And we're holding bitterness and offense towards God. And if we're not honest with ourselves, then we can't heal. 
And so we have to forgive and we have to let God off our hook because we keep holding them on this hook, just like that first servant. But guess what? God is just. God is pure. And God is always right. That's another thing we have to learn. God is always right. Even when it feels like, I don't, I don't feel so good about this situation. I don't feel like this is the right thing. We trust that he's right. We trust that he knows better because in his word it says he's working all things together for the good of those who love him. Yeah. And so we choose to continue to trust him and to love him because if we don't, guess what? That promise does not exist. If you do not love God, that promise does not apply to your life. Mm. And so then everything that is going wrong in your life, guess what? He's not working it for your good. But if you will love him, if you will trust him, if you will walk in obedience to his voice in your life, you can walk in confidence and faith knowing that even when the storms come, even when things are crazy and chaotic in your life and it feels like all hell is breaking loose, you can know without a doubt, I don't care. He's working all things together for the good right now. I know, I know. I'm the disciple who he loves. That's how John referred to himself. John, when you read the gospel of John, how did he refer to himself? He said, the disciple who Jesus loved. Which like, Sometimes we think, that's really arrogant or cocky. No, no, no. That's great. That's beautiful. He understands his identity. And he understands that that identity is for each of us. If we'll accept it, if we'll receive it. You are the disciple who he loves. You're his son, you're his daughter, and he loves you. If you'll continue to love him, to walk with him, to trust him through the storms, and to not walk away, to not turn away from him, because of bitterness or anger or offense, then guess what? Even in the storms, even in the darkness, he's working all things together for you. It's a promise. Genesis 18. Genesis 18, verse 1. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as Abraham, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes. So he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, my Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree and I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. He lifted, it all started with what? He lifted up his eyes. Sometimes we get to the end of the year and, and where are our eyes? Our eyes are down, right? Our head is down. Our, our eyes are down and we're just, we're focused on everything that was wrong this year. Everything we missed out on, every opportunity, everything that didn't go the way we wanted it. If we would just lift our eyes, we would see how he's working. We would see that he's showing up right here, right now. In praise and worship, if we would just lift our eyes up and look, we would see that he is moving and working and speaking. But if we just let our eyes drop and we just keep our eyes down on the earth, on everything going on around us, on the temporal things of this world, then you're right, there's nothing good. But if we will lift our eyes up, it's a choice to lift your head up, to lift your eyes up. 
What's he bring them? Just a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. All it takes is a morsel of bread to refresh your hearts. That's why we show up. That's why we show up every day. We keep encouraging this. That's why we're coming to this time of the year where we do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I, I would just encourage you, uh, if you want to join us in that, if you want to be a part of that, there's, there's lots of different ways, lots of different fasts in the Bible. There's lots of different things you can do. If you're pregnant or nursing, we'll kind of talk about that next week. Uh, or if you have a health condition, there's different ways you can do a fast. But typically in the Bible, it's some type of food fast. Uh, but we just encourage people, just ask the Holy Spirit. If he's telling you to fast from something, maybe it's social media, maybe it's TV, maybe it's, you know, whatever. Fill in the blank for you that you know, man, he's, he's telling me, I need to give this up. And, you know, instead of doing that, I need to spend more time with him. That's what we're going to do during these 21 days of prayer and fasting. Just like what Justin was saying, we're going to make room for his presence in 2024. We're going to give him the entire room. And we're going to listen to his voice. He wants to speak. He wants to say something. He wants to move in your lives. And he, if you'll make room for him, if you'll draw near to him, he'll draw near to you. And so that's what he's going to do. But when we do this, we send out, you can text PLANTED2024 to that 94,000 number, and you'll receive all the information for this uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. But one of the things we'll send out, send out is 21 days of scripture that you can just be in his word every day in the morning when you wake up or whenever the best time is for you to do a, a quiet time and to give him your best. I just tell people, try to give him your first and your best. Right when you wake up, give him that first, just like what we do with offering, just what we do with our lives, our time, our talent, our treasure. We want to give him our first and our best, our first fruits. And so that goes the same with our time. We want to give him that very first. Some of you guys have got young kids. You can't wake up earlier than them. I get that. I can't. My kids are up at 530. It's like, I'm I'm up there. Up. It's like, so one of the things I've been doing is, all right, I, we got this action Bible and I'll, I'll sit down with them and I'll, I'll read what, you know, one of the stories of the action Bible. With them. And, and so we'll do that. And then I'll say, all right, go play, um, do something. I just need, you know, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. And I, I, I need to get into my time where I have this moment where I'm just with him. And so try to find a way to give him your first and your best. But what you're doing when you're doing that is you're receiving, it might even just be a morsel of bread that day. It might just be a small passage of scripture. But you're going to start to find yourself during these 21 days more refreshed than you've ever been. Because that's what the bread does. Because the bread is the word. The bread is Jesus. John 6, 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. And so when we see Abraham saying that, let me just bring you a morsel of bread that it may refresh your hearts. That's all it takes. Sometimes it's just a morsel of bread. It's just one verse. Sometimes some of you, you've had this moment where you've just, you're like, man, I, I'm discouraged, I'm down. And you just open up the Bible app and there's just like the verse of the day, that one verse of the day and you read it and you're like, that hits. It, it, you're refreshed. And all of a sudden it gives you faith. It builds you up a little bit. That, that's all it takes from his word. Just a morsel. So then just imagine if we begin to feast on the word every day. And if we, we learn how to feast into bigger chunks than even just these small morsels, that's what we're doing during 21 days of prayer and fasting. So I just would encourage you, sign up, come, be a part of it, be a part of what God is doing during this time. And if you're like, there's no way I can fast, you can still come to church all month long, all right? We're not saying like you, you have to fast to come to church. That's not it. We're just offering something up to encourage people to draw, to help them draw closer to him.
That's what we want this to be, a time where we can draw closer as a church to learning how to listen to his voice and walk with him in this world. Just a morsel of bread will refresh you. They said, do as you have said. Verse six. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk in the calf, which he had prepared and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, where's Sarah, your wife? So he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age. And Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I have grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord be in old also. And the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. Once again, we try to hide from God. He knows, even within ourselves, he knows. He knows our innermost thoughts. He knows our innermost laughs. What we scoff at sometimes. He's saying, just watch. Even in the 11th hour, when you think it's done, when you think you're past the age, when you think you're past your prime, just watch what I can do. We're in the 11th hour of 2023. And some of you, you've been holding on to a promise or something that you felt like God was supposed to do or supposed to deliver on this year in 2023. Let me tell you something. You're in the 11th hour. That's when he loves to show up. Expect a miracle. That's what we keep saying. That's what we keep believing for. Expect a miracle today. Even in the 11th hour, what did those guys receive? They received the full payment. They received the full reward. The same reward that those who showed up in the first, the third, the sixth, and the ninth hours received. I'm telling you, even if you, right now in this moment, you feel like you're in the 11th hour of 2023 and he's not coming, he's not showing up, and you're laughing within yourself, no, no, no. Just wait on the Lord. Watch what he does. Sometimes it takes a step of obedience. Sometimes we want him to move without us having to do anything. Hmm. But what does it say? I keep saying this these last couple weeks. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. You have to make that first step. You have to choose to walk in obedience. Today in the 11th hour, there might be something that he's been whispering to you and you've been denying it, you've been ignoring it, you've been saying, no, 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 that's not, that's not God, that's just, no, nah, that's something else. No, no, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is speaking and moving in your life. He's welling up words within you. If you would just sit and listen in his presence, you'll begin to distinguish his voice from your own inner voice, from the voices of this world. You'll begin to tell his voice from every other voice. And you'll know, yeah, that's a step of obedience he's asking you to take. It's a step of trust. Love and trust go hand in hand. To say you love God, but you don't trust him. To say you love God, but you don't trust his word. To say you love God, but you don't trust that his ways are better than your ways, doing things on your own. That's not love. I don't know, love and trust go together. 
That means trusting that when you step into obedience, even in the 11th hour, that he's going to show up. Genesis 18, verse 16. Then the men rose from there, and they looked towards Sodom. And Abraham, he went with them to send them on the way. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, because their sin is very grave, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me. And if not, I will know. Then the men, then the men turned away, verse 22, from there, and they went toward Sodom. But Abraham, he still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were in it? This part, Abraham begins to barter with the Lord. Because the Lord has let him in on his plans, Abraham begins to barter and, and to negotiate. And say, what, what if there's just 50 righteous people? 50 people doing what you say is right. And he gets them all the way down to 10 people. What if there's just 10 people in this city? Doing what you say is right. It's something you need to see there. The Lord shared a secret with him. That's what happened right there. There, there are secrets the Lord has. There, there are mysteries of the Lord. But guess what? What does it say in his word? Psalm 25, verse 12. Who is the man that fears the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way he chooses he himself shall dwell in prosperity and his descendants shall inherit the earth. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenant. Don't you want to be like Abraham? Don't you want that? I want that. You can say it. You can say, I want that. Go ahead. Just say, it. it's Christmas time still, right? Just say, I want that. I want that. I want the secrets of the Lord. I want to listen to his voice. I want to stand right next to him while he tells me his plans and he reveals to me his heart and he reveals to me what he wants to do and what he's going to do. And I want to talk with him. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will show them his coming. That's for us today. It says in God's word that we have a better covenant than what they had in the old covenant. So everything you read in the old covenant, we need to hold on to this. We have a better covenant. So when you start to read things in the old covenant, we talk about this a lot, about the blessing and the curse. You can walk in the blessing or you can walk in the curse. You can walk in obedience or you can walk in disobedience. It's a choice. But if we would choose to walk in the blessing, if we would choose to walk in obedience to what his word says, what's it talk about in the Old Testament? There's health, there's prosperity, there's all these great things that come along with it. But we don't walk with him for the things we can get. We walk with him to be with him. That's why we walk with him. So don't lose sight of that either. But everything else comes along with relationship to him. 
But guess what? We have a better covenant. So that means those same things that we see in the old covenant, we have a better covenant. Genesis 19, verse 1. Now the two angels, they came to Sodom in the evening and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, hear now, my lords, please turn in your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, no, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly. So they turned into him and entered his house. Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread and they ate. Now, before they lay down, the men in the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house, and they called to Lot. They said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us so that we may know them carnally. So Lot went out to them through the doorway. He shut the door behind him and said, please, my brother, do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only well, do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man Lot, and came near to break down the door. But the men reached out their hands, and they pulled Lot into the house with them, and they shut the door. And they struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great. So they became weary trying to find the door. Verse 12. Then the men said to Lot, have you anyone else here? Son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, whoever you have in the city, take them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, get up, get out of this place for the Lord will destroy this city. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. To those who don't fear the Lord, what we do, it's going to seem like a joke. Mm -hmm. Everything we do, to those who don't fear the Lord, it's going to seem like a joke. Sometimes all we can do is be obedient and give the warning that's what they did. They, they told Lot, hey, here's your chance. Give the warning. Sometimes that's all we can do with those that we're close to, those that we love, with friends. Sometimes we just, all we can do is give the warning. We can't control how they receive the warning. We can tell them the truth of who God is, who Jesus is, what he's done, why he came for us to die for us, to make a way, to open up a door for us, to have a relationship again with the Father. We can share that. We can warn them. But for some, it, it's going to be a joke. And they're going to scoff and they're going to mock. And you just have to be prepared for that. Walking in obedience is going to look crazy to those that are walking in obedience to the world and not the word. They didn't take him serious. So Lot went out. He spoke to them. Verse 15, when the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. And while he lingered, 
I was just reading this this week, and I, that just popped out to me. I, I, I've read this, I don't know how many times in my life, this passage. And it never occurred to me, Lot lingered. This was everything. Like, he, he had to leave everything behind right here. That's obedience. Sometimes we know what we should do. We know what's right. We know what the Holy Spirit is saying and speaking to us, but we still linger in disobedience. We still linger in our sin. We still linger in the area that we don't want to give up and say, no, 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 God, I, I want to hold on to that area of my life. And we still linger here and refuse to walk in obedience to what he's saying. Lot lingered. Even in the face of destruction, he was not in a hurry to walk in obedience and leave the city as they had told him. God in his mercy, they grabbed Lot by the hand. Some of us, we've been lingering, and I'm just praying today that the Holy Spirit is going to grab some of you by the hand today. That he's going to grab some of us by the hand today and lead us out of disobedience into obedience today. Because that's who he is. He's a God that shows mercy. And so even when we linger, we know what is right, but we do what is wrong. Even when we keep lingering, what does he do? He just grabs us by the hand and he guides us out into safety. That's what he does there for Lot. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters. The Lord being merciful to him. That's God's mercy. And they brought him out and they set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they had brought him outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Then Lot said to them, please know, my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See, now this city is near enough to flee to, and it is a little one. Please let me escape there. It is not, is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. Verse 21, and he said to them, see, I have favored you concerning this thing also, and that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was called Zoar. Verse 23, the sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zoar. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities, all the, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the cities, and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him, and she became a pillar of salt. Even after the warning, even after the, the taking by the hand, there was still something in here that wanted to look back. Stop looking back. Stop looking back. Stop trying to hold on to what God has told you to release. That's a word for the end of 2023. Stop trying to hold on to what you're clinging to. Stop lingering in that place and just release it and trust him that he's got more for you. There's more. But we have to let go and we have to stop looking back. If we would just step forward and continue on with him, there's more. And so even today at the 11th hour of 2023, you have a chance. You have a chance to let go of what you've been holding on to and to go forward into everything he's called you to and see the doors he opens. 
He's opening incredible doors. That was, that was our word at the beginning of 2023, doors. When we did prayer and fasting all the way back in the beginning of January last year, we were talking about doors. Doors that God will open and doors that he will close. Instead of being bitter and angry about doors he closed this year, doors of relationships, doors of a job, doors of, of a family, a door, doors of whatever it is that you were dreaming of that you thought, man, this is it, and he closed some of those doors this year, instead of looking back and being bitter and, and trying to hold on and linger in those places, let them go and move forward to what he's got for you in 2024. Let them go. And praise him for the doors he did open in 2023. He opened incredible doors. Don't be like that first hour servant and miss out on the denarius he's given you. Don't miss out on the payment he's already given you because you're looking at somebody else or you're looking over here, you're looking to the left or to the right and you're saying, I wish I had that. I wish my life looked like that. No, no, no. Just be thankful for what he's given you and the doors of opportunity he opened this year. Praise him and thank him for the... Go ahead, give him a hand right now. Praise him and thank him for the doors he opened this year and the doors he closed. Stop trying to hold on to the things that you wanted, the things that you thought you needed, and just realize, i, I got to quit lingering in that place, and i got to move forward to what he's got. And praise him for the doors he did open. In, in this house, I'll tell you, there were some incredible doors open this year. We don't look at the doors that weren't open. We look at the doors that were open, and we praise him and we thank him. In this house, we had, I think it's, I think I'm up to, my count is eight new babies born in this church. All right, eight new babies born. That's new life. That's God opening doors in this church. God, God is growing this church by 10% just through childbirth. All right, that's amazing. Every church leader in the country wants 10% growth this year. This year we got it through new babies. Like, we praise God for that. And that's why we encourage you. Man, get married in this house. Get planted in this house. Have babies in this house because they're a blessing and not a curse. What the world says, don't believe those lies, what they say about children. Don't believe those lies. No, no, no. Every blessing is a baby. Every baby is a blessing. God is opening doors. There, there were people in this house who were struggling with fertility because they've been planted in this house, because they've been planted in God's house. Their wounds have been blessed this year. Multiple people. I'm telling you, there's a blessing in what God is doing in this house. Believe it and praise him for it. I think the number is we had, we, we outnumber right now. We got, we're up to like five girls and three boys. So in 2024, all right, you guys got to keep having babies. We need some boys, all right? Get some boys out here. God is doing amazing things. Focus on what he has done, what he is doing, and stop lingering in those places. Stop looking back on Sodom. What you're leaving it's not worth looking back on. It's not worth lingering in. It's not worth holding on to. But what you're going into, what you're running into, as you're running with him, as you're walking and running in obedience to his voice, is better than anything you could ever ask, seek, or imagine that Sodom has to offer. Don't look back. Genesis 20. Verse 7. This is a whole story, but there's just one line I just wanted to look at here. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. Genesis 20, verse 17. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, 
That was the man that was supposed to ask Abraham to pray for him. He healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children, for the Lord had closed up all the wounds of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. Ask people to pray for you in 2024. There, in this house, there, there are people that are walking with God. We have a ministry team that sets up every week. And they, at the end of service, they'll go to this corner and this corner, and they'll pray with you if you need prayer. Ask people to pray for you. Stop hiding what's been hurt. If you'll bring it out of hiding, and if you'll ask somebody to pray for you, what does God do? God brings healing. Ask the prophets to pray for you. That's what Abraham was. Abraham was a prophet. That's what he said in verse 7. Ask the prophet to pray for you. Ask someone to pray for you this year. Whatever you've been hiding, whatever you thought, I can't reveal that. I can't share that. No, no, no. I got to keep that to myself. Nobody can ever know. I'm telling you, God wants to heal that this year. In fact, here we are in the 11th hour. At the end of service, during the last worship song, our our ministry team, they're going to be set up. They're going to go over here and over here to the corners. It's the 11th hour. Don't wait any longer. Be obedient to what he's saying. Bring what's been hiding in the dark out to the light. And I'm promising you, he's going to heal you. That's where healing begins, when you bring it out of darkness into light. Genesis 21. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore to him, Isaac. Here they are in the 11th hour. Then Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh and all who hear will laugh with me. And she also said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children for I have born him a son in his old age. Some of you think you feel like you're in the 11th hour. You're not even 100 yet. You're not even 30 yet. You're like the third hour, all right? (laughs) Don't let that discouragement from the enemy get a hold of you. He can still heal, save, and deliver. That's what he does. And he shows up right on time. Every time. Genesis 22. Verse one, now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. And he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning. It doesn't say Abraham lingered. No, no, no. It says he rose early in the morning. Lot lingered. Abraham rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey and he took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering and he arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. 
And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, the lad, and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham, he took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son, and he took a fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, look, the fire and the wood, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two, the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked around. All right. Worship team, let's go. Let's go look around. Because all of a sudden, look around has a whole different meaning. I know we had a plan. Here at Revival, sometimes the Holy Spirit just, he gives us a different direction. Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horn. So Abraham went and took the ram and he offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, by myself, I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, as the sand, which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies and your seed. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young men and they rose and went together to Beersheba and Abraham dwelt at Beersheba. Abraham lifted his eyes and he looked. It's just the level of our eyes sometimes. We just let our eyes drop to this low level, just to this earthly level, this temporal level. And this is all we can focus on because this is all we can see. This is all we can touch. This is all we can taste. This is all we can hear. But if we would just lift our eyes, if we would just lift our eyes, we would see what he's doing. If we would just lift our eyes and we would lift our ears and just begin to listen, not to this world, but to his voice. We just start to look around and see. There's already a ram in the thicket. He's already done it. Like some of you've been praying and you've been believing this year. I'm telling you, he's already done it. Would you stand up as we get ready to worship? Today we've got a we've got a baby dedication, and we're gonna do it right after worship. We uh 
We've got this opportunity right here, right now to just worship him for what he's already done. To just lift up our eyes and just look at what he's done this year. To praise him, to worship him for what he's done. To praise him and worship him for how he's shown up and how he's saved, healed, and delivered this year. And to praise him and worship him for how he's going to show up this new year. Let's lift our eyes up in this moment of worship. And if you need prayer, worship team, ministry team, you can be right over here. You can be right over here. Don't leave this space without receiving prayer. If you need healing, if you need a miracle, if you need him just to show up in your life, if you just need a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit, today ask for that. Some of you are being invited into his family today. Maybe this is the first time you've ever even heard that there's a God that loves you, that sent his son as a sacrifice for you, that sent his son to be the ram in the thicket for you. If you want to receive Jesus as that ram, as that lamb, as that offering for your sins, if you want to repent and receive forgiveness today, you can do that. Come forward today. Come find us up here in one of these corners for ministry. Let's look around. Let's praise him and worship him.